Hey everyone, it's Dijon. Hope you're all doing well. I just wanted to say if you're a part of this community and you want to see it grow, please subscribe and follow this channel wherever you are listening. Give it a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share it with the homies. Thanks. Welcome to the Souls of Society community. We're building a new world here. It's based on connection, compassion, and collaboration. Join us as we explore how to create a new earth. Enjoy the Heart Center conversation. I'm Dijon. Welcome to the tribe. Bless. What is good, family? I'm here with a very special edition of the Soul of the Society podcast because this is our first return guest. Okay. <laughs> I'm here with the one and only Andrea Garcia. Greetings. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> she was one of the first people on the podcast. Like we were trying to figure out when it was, but we're imagining it was around five years ago. Five, six years ago. Facebook is, would definitely know. Which is crazy. Yeah. So much has changed. I live in a whole new place now. It's just crazy. Whole new city. Who would have thought? Yeah, you're in the Big Apple now. Yes. New York City. It's quiet, but it's still good. <laughs> well... I can say that I was a big fan of yours five or six years ago, but I think that my appreciation for who you are and how you show up in the world has only expanded. And I think that I can legitimately say that you're probably the kindest person that I know. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Yeah. I've gone through a lot of a lot of things in life that I think have have shown me that kindness is the way to go and we have to show up and just be kind with one another. Yeah. And that's what we're here to hear about. We're here to hear about your journey over the last 5 or 6 years and what that's been like. But you know, I think that people have probably different baselines of kindness built into their being mm-hmm. and I think yours is pretty pretty high. yeah yeah I think it's just an appreciation for everything that I've gone through and I think it's showing up in the world as a vessel or a person in the way in which you would like to be treated I think has really been a huge game changer for my life personally so yeah well I know that you've been on a pretty big spiritual journey over the past five or six years. Has that been part of the deepening into presence and thoughtfulness? Are there any specific parts of that journey that you feel like expanded you in that way? Yeah, I think most of all is just learning to, the very first thing was learning to incorporate more gratitude into my everyday. And I think that kind of sets the foundation for just building yourself back up and returning back to the wholeness of yourself. It's just tuning in every day and being grateful for what is present in front of you. That way your every day is just a little bit lighter and you're able to create that distinction between I'm having a really bad day, but 
this great thing happened, this other great thing happened, and then this other amazing great thing happened. So you're able to create this very healthy balance of the light and the dark. And I think just implementing more gratitude into my day was a huge life changer for me moving forward. And that just opened the floods, (laughs) the gates of my awakening. But it's been a very interesting journey. And I think it there was just a lot of things in myself that were dormant for a very long time and just learning to peel away at the layers slowly and surely. And along the way, I've, I've encountered a lot of amazing people that have guided me and also a lot of great resources that I've helped with my spiritual journey and my development, which I'm very grateful for. Right on. So I have a lot of questions about what you just said, but first, (laughs) When you say be grateful, I understand what you mean, but what does that look like to you? Like, do you have a gratitude journal or do you speak your gratitudes or? Yeah. So when I first started in order to, it's just like you have good habits and you have bad habits. And in order to create a good habit of something, you have to consistently be doing it every day. And what I recommend for most people to do is the very first thing is if you have a journal just every morning or every night is to write one good thing about your day and what you're grateful for. So that's a way to just start the practice. Another way that I found very, very DIY and it was very beautiful is to just get a mason jar and get a bunch of post-it notes. And if the more colorful, the better. And again, every morning or every night, you just write something that you're grateful for and you just throw it in the mason jar or whatever jar you have. And over time, it just fills up with all these beautiful little colors inside. And what I especially loved was sitting at the end of the year and just reading all the little notes that I had written myself and I had dates on them. I did that on purpose. And towards the end of the year, there were so many little moments that I had completely forgot. They weren't in my memory anymore. It was just little things like I saw this friend and we had lunch and I had such a great time. And I was like, oh, wow, we did have lunch. Like I totally forgot I caught up with this person or that person. And it just it's like a little time capsule, too, which was really beautiful. So that's another way in which to practice gratitude. And I also think extending it outwards as well is almost when you are lacking is when you should be giving the most and expressing to those in your inner circle just how grateful you are is another way in which that you can start harnessing gratitude as well. If you know somebody's going through something, you can very easily put together a little care package for them or just send them a little book or send them something just to say, I'm thinking of you. I love you. I'm grateful for you. And that's also like another way in which you can practice gratitude. And over time, those were the things that I really was doing all at once for about a year or two. And after that, it was just something that was a habit in me. And now I wake up in the morning or I'm walking throughout my day. And it's just those little brief moments of gratitude that I always have where I'm like, wow, that avocado toast was so good this morning. I'm so grateful. Little things like that, or this guy looks so pretty today. Like, I'm so grateful that I get to walk to work today and I feel great today. Today was a good day. Just little things like that. So Mm, I love that. Those are some tips. (laughs) I love the mason jar with the colorful post-it notes. And that's, Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting that, but I think that speaks to your, 
creative nature. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool to mix self-care and creativity in a way that feels like fun. I mean, my heart felt warm, just like thinking about opening the Mason jar with colorful notes. Mm-hmm. It's like, and, go ahead. and that was something for a brief period there. I was also an after-school teacher and that was something that I implemented the first thing we did when we started the after school program with the kids was passing around little notes and they would have to write what they were grateful for that day. And just reading them towards the end of the year, it was just really, it was just funny, the things that kids are grateful for. But it was also things that when I do go back to visit the school, because my sister still works there, those are the things that they remember. And they say, this was Miss Via. I had to go by Miss Via because my sister was Garcia too. But she's like, oh, I remember when you would have us do, you know, the gratitude jar. And I also did like affirmations with the kids as well. And it's just, yeah. So it's just beautiful little tiny moments in time that you can capture on the paper and it just makes if you're having a bad day just go in your jar pick a note and remind yourself just how lucky you are to to just be alive and be living and getting another day to learn amen mm-hmm. <laughs> oh so you were saying that your process led you to peeling back layers are those things directly related like practicing gratitude help you to discover more depth within yourself? Definitely. I think it was the foundation that I needed to be able to, it was the light that I needed to harness in in order to be able to go to those very deep, dark places within myself. So it was always that anchor that I had when I was swimming through difficult days, whatever it was, weeks, months, or even like a year it was just that that light that was waiting for me at the end of I'm swimming through this journey. I'm going through a lot of the things that happened in my childhood or I'm remembering a lot of traumas that I experienced in relationships, whatever it may be. But gratitude was always my anchor there when I would come back up from the depths of my healing that the stuff that's not so nice that people don't even want to go to. So, yes, definitely. Yeah, I can relate. I've been moving through some uncomfortable emotions, you know, like shame or grief are just energies from trauma throughout my life that I think are being summoned up for everybody as we've all been very traumatized this year. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to understand more about the process and that there's like different layers of trauma. You know, there's personal trauma, which is like what you or I personally experience in our life. And then there's like a group kind of trauma, you know, that maybe you experience as a Latina and I experience as a black man, which is like in the collective field, right? Mm -hmm. Like I experience the black body's trauma in a way that someone who's not black body doesn't. And then there's just the trauma of being a a human being in general, you know, because it's, diving into this world of matter is traumatic in a lot of ways. And Mm -hmm. in this time that we're in, because everyone feels so internally agitated, I feel like we're quick to want to blame other people and and hate on people. And it's, it's so subtle, like, but that really resonates because 
someone was talking about, you know, the Trump and the Biden situation and how how sad it was even Biden winning because it didn't feel like people were celebrating a win. It felt like they were like, fuck you, Trump, you know, and it's like the way he phrased it, I thought I thought was very profound because he was like, Trump didn't create these things, which is true. He just illuminated them and brought them to everyone's attention. And he was like, Biden, on the other hand, has been part of this system for 40 years. So even though Biden, quote unquote, stands for these progressive things, he's been part of the system that's been complicit or creating these things for literally 40 years. So even getting caught up in that external drama, I feel like takes our power away. And I feel like the power returns back to us when we decide we're going to change the world from the inside out. And we do do the work that you're talking about, which is like facing the shadow, you know, within and figuring out a way to move through it. And I think it's just, you just have to show up to the world and the way in which you want to be treated. And that's one of the biggest things that I've super magnified from this year and the power of community and what that's like. And I haven't seen people rise up and be a part of these circles of community to support each other like I have this year. And it makes me so happy. And I think, and I talked to my best friend about this because he's also on his spiritual journey is we are absolutely loving what is happening right now because it's something that we have been waiting for a very long time. It's for people to be able to show up every day and to just say, hey, I may not have walked in your shoes, but for the first time, I'm letting you know that I see you and I'm here and please let me know how I can support you. And also people being able to be open to get out of their own personal bubble and say, I'm ready to unpack all of this ignorance and I'm ready to learn more of how I can show up and be more of an advocate to so many different communities that are obviously being treated very unfairly, not just in the United States, but all over the world. So yeah, it's been a year. (laughs) Yeah, it's very deep and very important work. And in my Kundalini training yesterday, it was completing and this woman, her name is Kelly Elizabeth, and she was speaking to some very profound things. And she was saying she's a politicized yogi, you know, a healer activist. And she was saying the commonality between both those beings is trauma, just like the commonality really between everyone is trauma. And they said the activist is traumatized by something that happens in their life. And then therefore they seek to make a difference in the outside world. So they dive into doing like justice work and they can get easily triggered by things. And then they pour that energy into like fighting something, but oftentimes they have a problem prioritizing their own self-care and self-worth because they're so committed to the movement. So therefore they're susceptible to burnout. And then she said on the other end of the spectrum is the healer who is also traumatized. So they dive into spirituality and they learn how to heal themselves and they learn modalities and they learn self-care, 
but then they feel like that all they have to do is be in the heart, in their own heart space. And she was like, that's not enough because you have to actually like true spirituality is taking a stand for the people that need help and need support. And I'm one of those, I, I definitely fall more into the, the healer archetype, right? Where I'm trying to live in my heart always. And when she was saying this, I could feel the truth of it. So it was creating this like, almost like a triggered feeling, like in my root and in my crown, you know? And there was this, I could feel me being called forth to participate more. And then in that calling forth of being awakened in that way, it like, you, you feel into the pain of people, you know, like energetically, or at least I do because I'm empathic. And then also you start to feel almost like sadness or shame for not being more involved, you know? So it's, it's an intense process because you have to know how to navigate becoming involved and becoming educated and not having like self-hate for not being not as involved as maybe you would not like doing to be. enough. I, yeah. I really appreciate that you brought that up because for me, that has been the biggest trigger in the past couple of months, especially when all the protests started was I was keeping a watchful eye at all of the, the healers and the spiritual teachers. And I was just observing how they were engaging with the audience how much they were willing to sacrifice their Instagram aesthetic to step aside and speak up on what was going on with the world. And there were some people that rose to the occasion and other people that unfortunately didn't. And those were the people that I was very disappointed by. And I've had this conversation with multiple friends who are in the, the spiritual realm of, I can't, I, I don't understand how someone could proclaim that they are all love and light and they go completely silent when all of this is going on. And it's saying, I want to be in a state of peace. I don't want to project or share anything negative. I just want us to be all happy and embracing the light also means you have to embrace all the dark stuff that goes with it. And I was just very disappointed. And unfortunately, there was a friend that I loved and I cared very much for. And this person considers themselves a healer and very spiritually wise. And it was very disappointing that the day that they were asking as, a, as an online community to do the blackout, certain the blackout squares just to show solidarity. This person chose to put a quote that said, All lives matter. <laughs> and I was just, I did not know what to say. And it was just su such a hard inner dialogue with myself of, I love and care so much about this person. But at the same time, I cannot have an energy exchange with them anymore where they are really not walking and speaking 
truly on what it is to be an essence of love and light and to be a healer and to consider yourself someone who wants to spread love and wisdom to others. It doesn't just, your love and light doesn't go directly to one group of people. It's for everyone. And if you're not helping the collective, then there's a lot of reevaluation that <laughs> that needs to be done in my personal in in my personal opinion. So that is something that I've been greatly struggling with in the past couple of months and very triggered by. But then again, I have to remind myself that those individuals are still on their own personal journey and they will come to those understandings if and when they are ready, if not in this lifetime, maybe in another lifetime. But I appreciate you bringing that up. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, it's it's a complex topic. Yeah. You know, it's it's really really deep. And I've well, we've never been in a time like this before, you know, where there was so much contrasting media and I've explored both media polarities, you know, and when people are very attached to, you know, one particular narrative, I can understand why they act the way they do, even if I don't necessarily agree with what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we've talked about this before, but, you know, there's a lot of corruption going on in, in the elite realm. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's the QAnon people that think that the elites and the Democrats are like child sacrificing pedophiles. And then there's the far left that think that Trump is like a xenophobic racist, but whichever side you sit on, I could see why you would hate the other side. Mm -hmm. Right. So to me, that's the trap is the separation consciousness. And like, even when Biden won, it almost felt like people like like the Democrats or the people that are progressives were almost like taunting. They were like, that's right, bitch. You know, like mm-hmm. we're done with this racist shit, you know, like bye Trump, bye bitch. And it's like, that's not, <laughs> that's not unifying energy. Mm-hmm. You know, even, even if you think this person is fucked, right. It's not unifying energy, right? Like when Nelson Mandela came out of prison, he wasn't like, fuck these crackers. Let's, you know, let's, let's run them the hell out of this country. You yeah. Know? That's not leadership. So obviously Trump is not doing unifying leadership, but if we're not, we are whoever is opposing that is not doing that also, then you're no better. It's just the opposite. You know, it's just a different perspective. So for me, it's really challenging it's a unique like Jenga game to try to figure out how to be engaged and righteous and still compassionate for people, regardless of where they are on the spectrum. Totally. And I think, and I've said, I've said this so many times to so many friends is I truly feel that even though the last four years have been a nightmare, America needed someone like Trump to just highlight everything that we need to work on. Right. He literally just came into office to magnify just how broken 
this country is, how broken the system is, and to really show that America is very racist. And there's a lot of systems that are not working for the people in general. And it takes, it took him to just highlight all of this. And now it's finally like four years ago, I never saw people just being like, Hey, are you coming to the protest? Let's go. Let's get together. It was very like, Oh, into a protest. Oh, that's cool. What for? People (laughs) were just not as engaged. But now they're seeing like all of these, all of the, all these communities are suffering. I need to do something. And it was like, this man literally just lit everyone's ass on fire and was like, y'all got to get moving. You guys have to do something. So I think he was that spark of trigger that we needed to really start moving towards a better direction. And I think in general, obviously, things with the government and everyone getting to that enlightened place... I don't know if we're going to see it in this lifetime with them, but I think just having our communities and relying on our communities to help build this new foundation. And first of all, to just say, just accept and admit there's so much wrong here and say, I'm so sorry for the way that you have been treated your whole entire existence and your whole entire life is to just actually say and acknowledge all of these things that have been going wrong, I think is the first step. And it just highlights so you know how much trauma exists and how much I feel like healers are being called right now to be able to be of service to help people and guide them through what they've gone through, the anxiety, their whole entire existence and their whole entire life. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, my my friend was talking about how we're duality workers and we're not just light workers because if you stay in the light too long you go blind. Mm-hmm. If you stay in the shadow too long in the darkness then you also go blind. And there has to be that interplay between the two where you're alchemizing the shadow into light which What you just described, the way you were talking about Trump is literally to me what that alchemy is. Because if you think of Trump as only negative, for one, I think you're zooming in too much. The royal you were zooming in too much because it's not really about him. But if we recognize that he just represents something about us that we need to become aware of, Mm -hmm. then we can start to have like appreciation for the process that's playing out you know, because it's bigger than any one individual. No one person is responsible for racism in America, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. that's not, that's not tuned in. And for me, I try to look at where I'm complicit in the system or where I'm infected by the energies, because to be in the system, you're infected by the energies. And there's mm-hmm. little things. It's like, do I order a bunch of shit off of Amazon? Yes. Like, could I be supporting small businesses or fair trade places more? Yes. Like that would help. But people don't think about like, oh, I'm buying this shit from something that's being made in a sweatshop in China because it's so far removed from Mm -hmm. their own experience, you know? So it's like, it's easy to not take that personal responsibility to really be conscious about consumption 
or where you're voting with your dollars or anything like that. And what you were saying about acknowledging, it takes courage to acknowledge. You know, like as I've been doing my Kundalini work and deepening into my subconscious and becoming aware of behavior that I need to apologize for, or I need to acknowledge, you know, there's, there was a gap between understanding that in my mind and then being willing to like start to write down an apology on paper. And then once I started to write down an apology, there were several rounds of revisions of like trying to find the right words and being like, oh, is this going to, is this going to be okay? You know, and then even once it's finished, there's having it in the text thing and like looking at it and having the courage to actually like press send and like begin a conversation, you know, like it takes courage. But in that process, there's healing on so many different levels. And it's not just about what's happening with me or what's happening with you or what's happening with, within this interpersonal relationship, but it's also healing the energy of our ancestors mm-hmm. and of the collective, you know, that, that energy of forgiveness permeates through all those dimensions. And that is the duality work of being able to get out of your ego enough to apologize and to acknowledge things so that that energy that's been stuck for so many generations can start to be transmuted. A hundred percent. And I think a lot of times people don't necessarily want to acknowledge these things or even they just want to stay in a place where they're comfortable and say, I don't want to go to those places where, you know, I'm going to be uncomfortable with speaking to this person or apologizing for X, Y, and C because you don't know what's going to come after that. When you send that email apologizing or when you send that text, you have no control. You, The universe is not saying, when you do this, everything's going to be all right. You don't <laughs> have that at all. Nope. So I think that's why people don't take that extra step to do it. But I think once you align yourself with acknowledging things, the universe works to help you move that stagnant energy forward. And it will create slowly but surely this outline of, X, Y, and Z happen. Now, how are you going to react? Are we going to go back to old patterns or are we going to get out of ourselves and move forward and be the bigger person or to admit that, hey, I was really wrong in that. I fucked up. I'm sorry. And I think one of the other things that has been coming a lot up for me in these past couple months too, is just sitting with that space of acknowledging my ancestors. And even a few months ago, I created an altar in my room for my grandparents. And I've always been incredibly close to my grandparents. They both passed away many years ago, but it's just having that acknowledgement of you came before me and you instilled all of these things in me. And every single day that I'm awake, I'm going to give gratitude and thanks to you because you, you paved the way for who I am now and the work that I have in front of me. And just sitting with the space of knowing there's so many things that can be fixed. And I'm sorry that you guys had to go through X, Y, and Z so that I could have this life now. But I am acknowledging the the sacrifice that it took or the trauma that, you know, happened so that I could be here now. So that has been 
a very beautiful new practice that I've implemented. And I think it's just, it's my favorite word for 2020. It's just, we're just unpacking a lot of shit this year. A lot of shit. Yeah. 2020, the year of unpacking a lot of shit. (laughs) There's a song that I absolutely love. It's called Low Key Fuck 2020. I'm going to have to send it to you. It's a jam. It's a bob. Sounds like it. (laughs) It's a bob. It's a bob. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah man finding the laughter um is so crucial in this time to like move the energy it's i mean it's important to acknowledge the stuff we're unpacking and it can be really heavy and overwhelming and it's good to dive deep but you also have to come up for air you know and mm-hmm. and laughter is that medicine i think that makes us keep going and i from, i don't even remember what popped into my head i just like had this moment the other day when I thought about the term BM, like I had a BM and I wrote on Facebook, I was like, how come no one ever asked anyone, how did you have any good BMs today? Or like, <laughs> you know, how have your BMs been? <laughs> and I posted a shit emoji. And it, it was weird, the conditioning that I had put on myself because, you know, I usually post quote unquote spiritual things or things that I think are going to like raise the vibe right so i was like before i posted it i kind of paused and i was like is this weird like are people gonna think i'm weird for posting this you know like i think it's funny but does anyone else think it's funny um and i was like fuck it i don't i don't care i think it's funny and i posted it And, and right away like people were like laughing and i sent it to my dad who you know we've had a challenging relationship over the years but it's pretty good now and he immediately texted back and he was like, are you high? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not high. But, you know, Maybe. He, he, he laughed. And like since then, you know, my friends and I have been like talking to each other about our BMs, mm-hmm. like half serious, half joking. But every time we do it, we kind of laugh. And it's like a genuine like, OK, life, there's still beauty here. There's still lightness. There's still levity. So anyways, I guess that was a long way of saying, how are your BMs? Yeah. And I think the thing that most people don't realize is that as we're going through this year, you have to give yourself permission to have joy and to have happiness in your life. And everyone is just walking around with this heaviness of thinking that you're not allowed to have a good day because, you know, of COVID, And because you're very well aware that people are losing their family and a lot of people have don't have enough money for rent or don't have enough money for groceries. And there's this guilt that everyone is walking around with right now of how can I be happy and have a good day when literally the world is on fire right now. But it's just knowing that you can have, you need to give yourself permission to laugh and to have joy. And just like you, you shared that there's days where I go on random tangents. I share my inspirational quotes and I like to make people feel things. And I love to make people cry. That's I'll admit it. It's one of my favorite things ever, but (laughs) there's days where I just feel like such a heaviness in the collective. And I'll just go on a tangent where I post like, a whole row of super funny memes 
or I'll, I'll post a whole row just making fun of just how single I am or some things like that. And it's the responses, hey, I just really needed that. I just really needed to laugh today. And it's just not taking life. It's taking life seriously, but also giving yourself permission to have some joy and some laughter because we need it. Otherwise, it's just there's no way we're going to make it for another year. There's no way in hell. Totally. At totally. all. And the more I'm in the world, I'm realizing that enlightenment scientifically is about vibration and literally like levity, you know, like, have you ever, do you know, uh, David Hawkingsworth, he wrote power versus force or letting go. So in it, he discusses the map of consciousness and he evaluates different emotions on a scale from one to a thousand or zero to a thousand with zero is like death. It's like life does not exist. And a thousand is like pure knowing, pure enlightenment. So the lowest emotion you can feel is 20 and that's shame Mm -hmm. because shame, you feel like there's something wrong with you and that's a 20. And then right above that is guilt. It's a 30. And the difference between shame and guilt is like guilt is being remorseful about something you did or shame is thinking you are bad, you know, like fundamentally. Mm-hmm. And then as you ascend this level, it's like fear, you know, like anger, you know, I think apathy is below fear, but the point is, is it's not like one jump from shame to enlightenment, you know, like there's a, there's a mm-hmm. lot in between there. And mm-hmm. I think the threshold for, something being kind of like a negative downing energy to a positive energy was 200. And at 200 was courage. Mm. Right. And he says that the world, most of the world right now is operating at like 170 to 180. So, you know, in order to stimulate them to a higher level, like joy and laughter are like in the four or 500 range. Right. So it's not, it's like, that's the science of injecting that energy and that vibration, you know, because if you take the average of that 400 or 500 joy and that like 150 that people are operating at, then it lifts them above that. Mm -hmm. And then once they're at a higher frequency, they can see a different reality. They can experience a different reality, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's a very heady way of discussing what you were talking about, but for me, understanding like the science of it is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the Ram Dass quote that I absolutely love with all my heart is at the end of the, at the end of the day, we're all just walking each other home. And I think it's just knowing when you have to reach out to your peeps that are not doing so good and be like, yo, I'm here. What's up? Let's get on a call. Let's chat. And talk shit or do what you need to do to just help them feel better. And it's also knowing that, hey, can you hold space for me today? I'm not doing so well. And there's that exchange of us just continually helping each other that I think I'm just glad to see there is more of that this year. And I think even though we hate, Zoom is such a hate, love-hate relationship for so many people right now. I genuinely am thriving off of the fact that more people are connecting versus just through text messaging. Like I'm a huge 
phone person and a, a FaceTime person. And so many people just don't, it's just a quick text and quick phone call. And it's, that's that. But now that we're physically not able to be with each other, I feel that we're more connected digitally than we ever have been. And that just brings me so much joy that more people are just checking in with each other. Hey, are you good? Let's hang out like Zoom parties and baby showers, like all this weird stuff happening on (laughs) Zoom that I don't quite understand. But it just, it brings me joy that all of this is, we're getting back to that place of what it used to be before we had our phones with us 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. I appreciate you accentuating the silver lining. And I definitely agree with what you're saying. And uh, I'd love to hear more about your specific journey because I don't know a ton about it, but it looks very beautiful. Like I watched your, your post on IG the other day where you showed like when you first moved to New York and the little plants you had, and then uh, how long have you been there? Five years? Three years. Three years. Three years. And, And you had these, like, it looked like a rainforest in your room. And that was a really powerful external reflection of the the growth and the vitality that you've been cultivating in your experience. And I would love if you could speak to that because it's very inspiring. Yeah. So I started on my spiritual journey. What year do I want to say? I think it was maybe like 2012 when it first started. And you go through your dark night of the soul where you have no idea what the fuck is going on, but you're just in it. You're on this ride and nothing that you the life you knew just doesn't exist anymore and it doesn't make any sense. And you just spend the the rest of the years just trying to make sense of this new reality that's in front of you. So I did a lot of the foundation that was set for me on my journey was back in California. And I've always known that I was going to leave home, but I didn't want to truly accepted because I am extremely attached to my whole family. And that was just something that I just couldn't wrap my mind around. And I just started seeing that I was just becoming very depleted and I wasn't doing enough for myself. So me moving to New York City was the first time that I put me first because I tend to be I just always want the best for everyone and I will bend over backwards to help anyone that I can, but I wasn't doing enough for myself. So I moved to New York and it was the weirdest, strangest thing, just waking up every day and having this infinite amount of time to do everything that I wanted to do and really give myself the time and the opportunity to just for the first time be still and be quiet with everything that was so dormant and asleep within me. And my room has become this healing space sanctuary that I created for myself. And it was just, I'm so grateful for my time here in New York City Everyone, it's really interesting that New York is just so beautiful and loud and busy, but I've become more of a homebody being in New York. And while I sometimes go out, 
I tend to be, I've become, I, I used to be super extroverted. Now I'm more introverted. And I felt that I needed this time to just do that. And the thing that I always tell people when they talk to me about being on their own personal journey is just describing it in a timeline. So you say, I'm going to take a year or two to just really give myself an opportunity to dig deep into these traumas and these things that I have been avoiding thinking about, these things that I continue to numb, whether it's with just always being out and never wanting to be home or just drinking when my mind goes to that space. So it's just thinking, okay, I'm going to do this for two years. And in that time, all of this healing and all of these things move around you and they're, they come out of you. And then you're just creating more space inside of yourself for these new blessings to grow. And the most beautiful thing is that me in these last three years, all the healing and all the work that I've done and all the things that I have faced like head on, I get to live out the rest of my life, not having to carry them with me every single day. And that to me is the biggest gift, the biggest present I could have ever given myself. And people don't want to go to those uncomfortable places, but I tell them all those, all that chatter, all those low vibrational things that fill up your every day. Imagine have imagine waking up and not having that chatter or those negative things with you anymore. When at first, when all these things started decreasing, the negative stuff decreasing from my everyday. It was like my ego was like, what is going on right now? Like, and looking back and trying to pull the things back. And I'm like, no, I healed that. We're not, that's, I'm waking up and that's not even on the agenda today. Like, we're not doing this anymore. And my mind was playing tricks of me of there's certain days where I wake up and I'm looking for that negative, sad thing to be sad about. And I have to remind myself, there's nothing there. Like, what What are you doing? But we're so conditioned to the first thing in the morning when we wake up. It's just, okay, what am I? What is, I'm still heartbroken about something that happened seven years ago and I'm still going to think about it every single day. And it's just allowing yourself the opportunity to just do the work so you don't have to keep carrying all of this stuff with you. And I think that was the whole reason why I had to come to New York City. I had to give myself a shot to detach myself from everyone that I love to fully learn to love myself. And to fully learn to come back into the wholeness of myself and who I am and solidify and learn how I want to show up in the world and how God source light wants me to show up in the world. And I think that has been the most, the most beautiful thing that I could have given myself. And if you are thinking of moving to another city... I recommend that you do. <laughs> uh, pretty interesting time to do that right now, but yeah, when I the world is when the world isn't on fire, <laughs> continue with your life plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I love hearing your your story and 
your your evolution and feeling it and I'm celebrating you. Thank you. So now that you've spent this time getting to know yourself and learning how to love yourself, can you share a few things you've discovered about who you are that you really appreciate and love? I appreciate my kind heart. I appreciate how loving I am. I had to learn, and I'm glad I finally learned that sometimes the capacity in which I was giving love to other people, they weren't necessarily in a place to receive it yet. And for me, it was very hurtful, especially in relationships where I would show up with so much love and I would just become like a trigger for people that I dated. It's just showing them all of these things. Whoa, like I'm not ready to go there. Slow it down. And for the longest time, it was, do I need to take it down a notch? Do I need to dim out my light or dim out the amount of love that I was giving out? And it was just knowing that not everyone is there yet. And that's okay. And continuing to show up and be authentic um, every single day. And sometimes I will vibrate with people and other times I won't. And that's also okay too. I think for me, that was the biggest lesson is I've known from a very young age that I was very different and I had a very hard time with kids in school. I was bullied almost every single day. And it took me to a very dark place, but I'm glad that I never gave in to changing the vibration of my heart. And now I recognize that is my greatest gift and the thing that um, the greatest thing I can share with others now is just being a source of pure, unconditional love. And if there's some way that I can help someone brighten their day or whatever it may be, then I'm showing up as the light intended me to. And I think that for me has been the biggest thing I've learned to appreciate about myself that I thought was my greatest default for a very long time. That's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) It's just hard when you have so many feelings (laughs) and emotions. It's just no, no doubt. Hard. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I think it's a beautiful thing that, and you, you put it really eloquently too, that I think, what did you say that you didn't change the vibration of your heart, you know, despite the bullying and the difficulty in relating that you experienced and that it, that's it. That we're here to be, mm-hmm. you know, we're here to emit a certain frequency and invite others to meet us there on the, infinite expansive journey to the highest and purest levels of love and receiving love is challenging Mm -hmm. you know it's i feel like it's more challenging than giving love at least it is for me Mm -hmm. And, and being open to receiving love can be triggering because it has the potential to heal your traumas, but you have to be willing to air them out. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be mm-hmm. like ready for them to heal. It's like, it's almost like 
wound, you know, like pouring alcohol in a wound and then cleaning it out and letting the air, let it breathe. And it's like, people maybe just want to like let the scab be on it and put their hand over it. And there's like, there's nothing wrong. There's, there's, there's no wound there, you know? And if you get near it, they react like an animal. Right. But I think it's also a lot of times since we're so conditioned, unfortunately with society and the way that things are is from all the things that we have been through, when something really good comes your way, you always second guess it. Where you say, wow, this new person came into my life and it seems they really like me, but what's the catch? Things are going great. I'm just waiting for that fight we're going to have. When it's not fully allowing yourself to be immersed in the situation because you're already living in the future of the thing that's going to go wrong. Because good things can't just be good things. There's always has to be something bad from it. And I think that's also a super huge toxic pattern that we need to start fixing. But I think it will get easier as we each individually do our own personal healing of knowing that if somebody does something nice for me, why am I feeling this way? Why am I, why don't I want to receive it? Let me take a step back and analyze what's coming up for me from this kind gesture that this person is sharing with me. Yeah. I think that's where that self-love and self-forgiveness mm-hmm. comes in because And that situation you're describing, I think it's because we don't feel worthy of Mm -hmm. whatever it is we're receiving, you know? Mm -hmm. So even if it's on an unconscious level, if we don't feel worthy, then we're going to sabotage it. And that's intense because all any of us really want is love and connection, Mm -hmm. you know? So we just want to be seen. Yeah. And the reality is that, that is that's always available to us. Love and connection is always available, but it requires being vulnerable. And we were never really taught how to be vulnerable. So we're all learning it now mm-hmm. and, and learning how to forgive ourselves for the unconscious ways we acted when we weren't getting the love that we needed and that we are. And that love, and here's the trick, that love doesn't really come from outside. You know, you can only really feel fulfilled when you're allowing it to flow through you mm-hmm. from the center of your being out, you know? So Which, my, hap- my happiness is my responsibility. Yeah, yeah. That was another big thing that I had to learn because I always, my self-worth was whether somebody that I was in a relationship and loved me and that's how I felt I was worthy. And that I could only feel loved if some I had someone there loving me. But it was having to break that toxic pattern of I need to be able to provide that for myself first and foremost. Because somebody can love you as much as they can. But if you are not tapped into to your own self-love, it's there's nothing they can do for you. There really isn't. So... That is a huge lesson as well. (laughs) Dropping those wisdom jewels on us. (laughs) There's that quote from a movie where it says, and it's so true. It's so true where a lot of people say, why was I in that 
romantic relationship or in that situation. And it's that quote where it's, we accept the love we think we deserve. And at that time, you were accepting that kind of vibration because that's how you felt on the inside. Yeah. And the outside was just mirroring what was going on inside. That's true. And that's powerful. And that requires taking responsibility for your experience and understanding mm-hmm. that you are the creator of your experience. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot, of, res- lot of, yeah, it's a lot of responsibility, but that's what we're here. We're here to be conscious creators. Manifestors, you just got to be careful with what you say. <laughs> yeah. And what you give your energy to. <laughs> yeah. The way we speak things, we speak them into existence. So it's just being very mindful of the things we, we truly do say and the way in which we, we voice them, because that's just what we, the energy we're going to keep attracting if we stay in that vibration. And if the vibration ain't good, you're going to keep attracting things that are, are not that good as well. So just being mindful of that. Yeah, that's true. Well, speaking of vibration, now I feel kind of like curious to hear our vibrations from our podcast, you know, five or six years ago. And I look forward to the podcast we'll do five or six years from now. And then we'll continue to do for the rest of our lives. So that we yeah. Have these we'll old just, time capsules. <laughs> and then we'll just see what city we're each individually in and where we end up. Yeah. And I think that's just the beauty of life and how it unfolds. And I truly believe that Earth is just a school and we're just here to learn. That's it. We're just here to learn all these lessons. And if we don't get it right in this lifetime, we're going to come back again till we do. And that's just the beauty of it. It's just, it's not saying, oh, why do I have to do this? It's saying, oh my gosh, what am I going to learn today? This is so exciting. Jesus, take the wheel. Where are you taking me today? Where are we going? So I hope that if anything, 2020 has taught us is to just really not lose sight of everything that's ahead and the the beautiful future we can all collectively create if we start truly uniting as a community, but also being willing to unpack and do our personal healing so we can better show up for ourselves and also for those we love and in our community as well. So Mm. keep doing the work y'all. You got this. And I'll add to what you said and say that I'm excited for what's here right now, including you sitting in front of me over Zoom. And I'm grateful to have known you for so long and to be able to see you more clearly now because I have done the work on myself to clear the muck out <laughs> and I can appreciate who you are. Thank you. You are. I appreciate a, you saying a, that a beautiful, kind, wise person. And I feel like you inspire me and everyone else to be better versions of ourselves. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. It means a lot. 
it's been a journey, but I'm just glad that whatever pain I had to go through, if I'm able to at least share a book or something that's going to help lighten the load of someone else, then that's success to me. That's I'm living the best life because of that. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, thank you so much for revisiting Soul Society with us. Of course. Thank you for having me on. This is great. It's nice to have conversations like this, especially to start off the week. It sets it and puts it on a good on a good note. And we're just gonna ride it out till next week and then we'll see what else happens in the world. Yeah, then maybe you'll make your own podcast that we can tune in and listen to. I know. I... You're in your high vibes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. coming. It's there. It's there. It's there. I yeah. am Drea. Coming. I am Drea. Coming soon. Coming in the future. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Drea. Of course. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed that episode. This is what we're all about at Souls of Society. If you feel inspired right now, share this with one of your friends. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. And most importantly, embody your soul by living in your heart. It's our time. It's our time for harmony, togetherness, and peace. Much love.